Um, it's Simon said we're in week three of the series on the voice and, uh, and my um, part this morning is to talk about how we hear God, um, how we hear God in our day-to-day life, how we can position ourselves to, to hear his voice and, um, and so that's why I've called it Can You Hear Me Now because that's mainly what Russ says to me when he's away. Um, he'll go, well, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And all I'm getting is, hear me and so that's how we communicate when he's away most of the time. And uh, through this um, fantastic yet evil device called, called the mobile phone. And um, I want to give you a bit of an, an insight this morning. And it's a very practical session. It's going to feel a bit like we're on a moving train this morning. And what I want to try and take you through are the stations. And hopefully we'll go on a journey together and we'll get in the end where we have an opportunity collectively to hear the voice of God for ourselves this morning. Because I think that at half nine, it was such an incredible moment. And I just think, God, you know, his signal strength is always full. And so we just need to be in a position to receive that this morning. And so a little insight into, into mine and Russ's world, really. Um, he was here at half nine, and so he knows what I've said, so it's all good. But this is a weekly occurrence. So we're in our living room, and we're just chilling, as you do, watching TV or whatever. And Russ will look up, and he'll go, how many bars have you got? He'll have his phone in his hand. How many bars have you got? Because I've only got one. It's like, well, I've got five. Well, have you got five? Have you got five? I'm literally sitting here, Jane, with my very eyes, whatever that phrase means, with my very eyes, watching my phone go, 4G, 3G, E, nothing, 3G, 4G, and I'm sitting underneath the router as if that means anything to me whatsoever. I have no idea what he's talking about, but it's really important to him. And because Russ is very, very aware of of communicating and being able to connect with with loads of things, he's really into his social media and and connecting in that way. And so being able to stay connected is really important to him. And actually, it's important to God. And the very thing that we do, and I do this, and most of us do in this room, is that when we go somewhere, we'll ask two questions. One is, can I have a signal? And the second thing is, what's your Wi-Fi password? Because we want to be connected and we, we want to know what's going on and we want to be able to be accessible to the world outside where we are. And so why do we think it's any different for God? It's no different whatsoever. And we're going to give ourselves an opportunity this morning to hear God in that way. And because Job 33 verse 14 says this, it says, For God does speak, no one way, no another, though no one perceives it. You see, the issue isn't that God doesn't speak to us. He does all the time. But God is multilingual. Now, what do I mean by that? I've worked out that actually, and this is one of the things that blows my brain about God, is that God can speak to me, to you, to everybody in this room, at the same time, in the same moment, in the same place, in a completely different way about totally different things in a second. Isn't that amazing? And the other amazing thing is that God may speak to me one way today, but tomorrow it may be something different. It may be through somebody else. It may be something that I'm seeing. It may be in another, in another language. God doesn't speak to everybody in English. That's, you know, God is multilingual. And we need to work out what our listening style is. We need to find out what our listening style is. And the brilliant thing about God is, is that he could have said, do you see this, Jane? I've written this big book here. And everything I've got to say for your life is in this book. And I'm not going to say another word. 
Because if you haven't worked it out by now, then you never will. So I suggest, girl, you open this book, you get your head into it, and you memorise it, and you work it through, and then we get this life going together. Aren't you so glad that God didn't say that? That he just shut his mouth 2,000 years ago and said, that's it, boom, the end, this is the book, nothing else to be said. God wants to communicate with us. God wants to speak to us. He wants to. His heart is so much for us. He says, it's almost like we're the client and he's got a boardroom in heaven and he's trying to think of as many ways as he can to get his message across. That's how important it is to the heart of God that he connects with his, his children. So why is it important that we hear this? Why is it important that we hear God speak? It shows I've got a relationship with him. It shows we're in a relationship together. You see, because I could introduce you to James. Now, James is my window cleaner. Before you think, oh, she's got a window cleaner, he only does the front because I'm never into letting him round the back. So just so you know, but James is our window cleaner and he comes in, lock on my door and I'll give him the money, you know, I pay him for the what he's done and that's what I know about James. I don't know him. And some of you this morning might know about God, but you wouldn't say you know him. I pray that by the end of this morning, you'll know a little bit more about this God that we're all talking about. And before you say, well, Jane, I only discovered who God was last Sunday, or I've only been on the Alpha course recently, I want to put it in the way like this for you. If you're a parent and you've got more than one child, do you only speak to your firstborn? For the rest of your time, do you only speak to the first child you have? Of course you don't. You speak to all of them. And as soon as you have a baby, you're speaking to that child from day one. God is not any different. It's no different to God whether you found who he was yesterday, if you find who he is in half an hour, or whether you've known him for 60 years. God wants to speak to all of his children the same. And also, there's no hierarchy in God's kingdom. There aren't any super Christians. There aren't super holy people. You know, God just doesn't talk to the intellectual people. There are no super brainy Christians in God's kingdom. He talks to everybody and he wants to connect with you this morning right here in Hal's Owen. The second thing is it stops me making mistakes. If I'm hearing God, it will help me stop making mistakes. And the third thing is it stops me drifting. It stops me drifting. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 that says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. So we do not drift away. So we're on the train. We've made the connection. So how does God speak? And he uses loads and loads of ways. And I'm going to quickly rattle through some of these because I want to get to some other stuff. But God speaks primarily through his word. Through his word. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God, us, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is God's primary voice. And if we're not getting into this book, we're cutting off a major supply chain to what God wants to say to us. This is God's point of view on loads of things. If you want to know what God thinks about a topic, it will be in there. It will be in there. And if we're not reading the Bible, it's like, my phone switched off, or it's on silent, or it's just continually like off the hook. God finds it very difficult to get in touch with me sometimes because I'm not actually looking at his word. But I guarantee you, if you start to read it, God will speak to you. God will speak to you. 
So if we do ignore it, though, as I do sometimes, does he still not speak to us? No, of course he does. There are major, there are major, um, major ways that he can speak to us that are also in line with his word. He uses something called ministers. And Ephesians 4, verse 11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What do I mean by that? Ever sat here on a Sunday and thought, that was just for me this morning? Man, Leon, how did you know it was going on in my life? That is just as if you'd seen a window into my world. That was just for me this morning. That's because he was. That's because he was. God was speaking directly through his ministers, straight into your heart, straight into your situation. I want to encourage you this morning, don't miss church. Wherever you can, don't miss church. Don't cut off a platform for God to speak to you. Am I saying that God speaks through people who stand on this stage? Of course I am. Absolutely. But God also speaks through you. Where did that bit of advice came from for that friend who's in that difficult situation? Or that sudden word of wisdom that you think, where did that come from? I suggest to you that comes from God. Right into your spirit, right out of your mouth, into that person's situation. You see, God can use the people around me to bring me closer to his design for my life. Because the truth is, I can sit in a service. I can sit through several services every Sunday. I can be reading his word and I can still miss what God is trying to say to me. Because you help me see a difficult truth about myself sometimes. And I need you. I need your voice. I need God speaking to you. Because together, we can work stuff out that I would miss. God speaks through circumstances. Great ones and unpleasant ones. You know, sometimes it's really clear, isn't it? A door opens or closes. You can't manufacture it. You don't know how you got there. But suddenly you find yourself in a situation where, you know, it's just so obvious what you need to do and you walk through it and you're in a whole new direction and a whole new environment with God. And then some of them aren't as pleasant. And it's at times when you feel the greatest hurt or the greatest pain. And as you begin that recovery process, you suddenly begin to realize that, do you know what? This is a new road we're on. But God is here with me in it. God is here with me in it. So God can speak through feelings. Remember the Aha series we had a few months ago? And I won't test you on what it means, but um, but it's like an insight, you know, a flash of inspiration, something that you don't know where it comes from, but it's straight from God's heart. Or there are nudges, something a bit like a twinge, you know. You wouldn't say it's like an aha moment, but it's it's a bit like a a, a, a slight little feeling about something that you should do something or say something to somebody or or get involved in something. And I would call these impressions. And I want to urge you to test an impression. Never make a really big life decision on a nudge or a feeling alone. You know, we can feel something is right, but please test it out. Either test it out with a mature Christian, test it out in the word. Just never make a huge life decision just on a nudge or a feeling. And how about insight? That's a bit more intellectual, isn't it? It's a bit more where the mind kicks in, the brain kicks in. And um, you get a bit of new understanding on something. You know, and John 14, 26 says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So God's on it. 
God's on it with us. He can speak in mysterious ways. And these are the quite interesting things, really. God can speak through dreams and visions. And we can get quite captivated by those kind of things. But again, I would say, this is like top trumps. Remember top trumps the game? Where you had the one card that beat everything else? This is your top trump, church, for your life. Okay, so you may have a dream, you may have visions, you may see wonderful things, and I would say that's great, and God can use those things. But again, the Bible, the Word of God, God will never say anything that's against what he's written in here, no matter what you think it is. He can never go against what he's already said. And then God can speak through silence, and that's the hard one, isn't it? It's hard for me. Because I often avoid silence. I've always got something on in the background. I've always got something, either, you know, music on or the TV on or something that's just given a bit of background noise, really. And, uh, and I get um, sometimes worried sometimes if there's a lull in the conversation with somebody, you know, because I think something could be wrong. You see, my mind goes there sometimes. It's like, well, why? I've texted you. Why haven't you replied in the last 30 seconds? Is, is there something not quite, have we fallen out? Are we okay? And, and, it's, and we do because our brain goes there. But I've learned or I am learning a bit of a truth really about God, is that does the truth always have to be spoken to be true? Does the truth always have to be spoken to be true? So God may be silent. Is he still God? Yes, help me, is he? Yeah. God might be silent, but does he still love me? Yes. God may be silent. Is he still looking out for me? Is he still providing for me? Is he still working on my behalf? Yes, 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 he is. Because, you see, if God was jabbering to me all the time, I don't know if you're like me, but if somebody's on at me all the time, I drift in and out of conversations. I just, you, just, you, you do lose my attention. I may give the front of I'm with you, but I'm not. My body is here, my spirit is gone. And, it's, and then I'll come in at the end thinking, is that a question? Is it, mm, how do we answer this? And sometimes, you know, God's a bit like that. He will have a period of silence for me so that when he speaks, I know it's him. So I don't get used to the sound of something that I can just tune out and ignore, and it just becomes part of the noise. God speaks into my life, and he has to cut through all of that other stuff, and I have to recognize that. So what happens when I have a question, and I want God to answer it? Because that's where we're all at, isn't it? We ask God loads of things. You know, why is stuff going to happen? When is stuff going to happen? Where, where is it going to happen? Who is it going to be with? Or, you know, loads and loads of questions that we have. And the way I could think about this was, was thinking about how my dad used to deal with me. Okay, so he would come to me, ask me a question. Perhaps I wouldn't answer. And he would say those immortal two words, answer me. He said it a lot stronger than that, to be honest. <laughs> and I would feel compelled to give him an answer because I am the child and he's the parent. If we flip that and I asked him a question... And he said something, and then I would go, well, why? And he would say, because I said so. And you never got past that. Never got past that. And because he is the parent and I am the child. And I think sometimes I get my relationship with God a bit flipped round. And I'm demanding of God, and I'm pulling on him for an answer. And he just says to me, because I've said so, Jane. But why can't I do that? Well, because, because I've said so. Because I've already said so. I'm not going to say anything else. I've said it already. So when my dad wouldn't give me an answer, why was that? And I've had a few sort of reflections on that really. 
Maybe it's because he didn't like the way I asked the question. And that's all to do with my attitude. So I could ask him in a way that I stropped off, had a bit of a paddy on the floor, I'd slam a door, I'd walk out the room and walk back in again, and, and I'd wonder why he wouldn't answer me, because he didn't like my attitude. And I thought I was totally justified in asking my question that way. But you know what? My dad thought my attitude was unacceptable. Maybe sometimes when I come to God, he thinks my attitude needs a bit of adjusting, maybe. And if my attitude's okay, and he still doesn't answer, maybe it's because he doesn't want me to deal with the answer yet. So, maybe I might ask the question, where do babies come from? And my mum would say, out of my tummy. She wouldn't go through the whole biological reconstruction and draw me diagrams and explain how A plus B equals C when I was seven or eight years old. No, because all I needed to know at that time was, they come out of my mummy's tummy. Because my brain or my maturity level isn't at, the, isn't at the, the place yet where I can actually absorb and process the information that I need to know about something. So maybe it's that. Or maybe it's not a great time to answer me. Ever been um, to somebody's house and your child may have asked a question at an inappropriate time about an inappropriate subject and you're like, we'll talk about that when we get home? <laughs> maybe... Sometimes I ask the question at the most inappropriate, inopportune time. And God's just saying, we'll deal with that later, Jane. This isn't the time to talk about this now. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But it's not the right point at the moment. And then the last thing I thought of is the classic example of, are we there yet? So I'm in the car. We're going somewhere. And I will go, are we there yet? And the first time I ask it, my dad's quite open with the information, you know. We're, we're about half an hour, you know. We'll go around this corner through the traffic lights. He'll give me quite a lot of information. Half an hour, 30 seconds later, I'm saying, are we there yet? Because that seems a lifetime to a child, doesn't it? Are we there yet? And he'll say, yeah, I've said, you know, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Eventually, he wouldn't say anything at all. Nothing. Because I've realised that there's nothing new he can say to me. We are in the car and he would say, when, we, when you get out of the car, Jane, we are there. We are there. We've got out. We've arrived. We're at the journey's end and we are there. Because there's nothing new while we're travelling that he can say to me that's going to be helpful to me in any shape or form. And I think sometimes God just hasn't got anything new he can say to us at this time. And as frustrating and as you know, annoying as that can be, that's just the truth of it, guys. There is nothing new that God can't say. And that can translate into things like, for us, am I doing what you want me to do? Am I where you want me to be? Are you still working on this issue for me? Are you still doing this? Are we still on this thing together? And they're like the are we there yet questions for God. So how do we recognize God's voice? Which is another important factor. You know, how do we know that it's God? Because I can't even recognize some people on the phone, to be honest. You know, you know, you're having that thing of, they go, oh, hello. And you go, hello, can you give me some information? Because I have not a clue I'm talking to here. You know, and literally, I'm being funny. Somebody's texted me this morning and, and about the message this morning. And all I've got is the number. And I don't know who they are. And I don't know how to text them back and go, thanks very much for your encouragement. Who are you? How do you get that? So if you have any sort of, you know, nice, subtle, sensitive ways of me trying to find out who, who that is, that would be really helpful. But it's like that with God sometimes. We don't recognize the voice on the other end of the phone. But the really encouraging thing is we're not the first people to have that problem. 
I'm not the first person to have that problem because in the Bible, there was a little lad called Samuel and he hadn't got a clue what was going on. And we're going to read, just read a few verses from 1 Samuel chapter 3. It will come up on the screen if you've not got your Bible with you. And just the first few verses really. And it says, a young boy called Samuel was raised by Eli in the temple. In those days, God didn't talk directly to just anybody. Okay, He only talked to religious leaders of the day. And so when God was silent, that was a bad thing. Okay, that wasn't a good thing. Often it meant that society was going to go from bad to worse. And I just, you know, that's why it's really important we pray for our leaders. Because we need, we could be in a situation, couldn't we, where our society is changing all the time. So one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I didn't call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That gives me hope. Okay, a third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli cottoned on. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down and if he calls you, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. That gives me such hope that God had to call more than once for Samuel to understand the, the nature of God's voice. So how did Samuel learn that it was God? Well, it's really important to work out really how he didn't. He didn't do the, if it works out, it must be God test. And we can fall into this, that if something is really successful and it seems to be going really well, we think this must be God. This must be God. Okay? And actually, I want to say to you, don't reduce the way God speaks to you to some kind of formula. Because we are then restricting the ways that God can speak to us. And then we start putting our trust in a method and not in God. And that's when it becomes quite dangerous for us. You know, Paul in the Bible, if you read in Acts, he felt that God had told him to go to Rome. Had he told him to go to Rome? Yes. Did Paul get his head cut off? Yes. You would look at the end of the story and say, that really isn't a great outcome. But did the people of Rome hear the gospel of Jesus? Yes. Did he accomplish what God had sent him to do? Yes. So you cannot use that. This is going to all end up really happy as a litmus test for what God is doing. You know, don't make the mistake that God calls us to success, to prosperity, or to comfortable situations, because sometimes he doesn't. But what he does through those times is gives us peace. He gives us peace about something. And even if God is speaking to me and taking me through a really difficult time, if I have that peace, that unexplainable sense of calm in my heart, I know that this is God. I know that this is God. So if I get a sudden impulse or get something in my head and I think this might be God, can I ask, is this you? Of course you can. Of course you can. I can definitely ask God to confirm it. I can pray, I can ask God for assurances, I can check it with the Bible, I can ask mature Christian friends to say, I'm thinking about this, is this a good thing? 
But at the end of the day, if you're wrestling and struggling and striving over something, if you're not at peace, then I think you need to ask yourself the question, is this really God? Or is this just what I want to do? Or my leanings? Because God will give desires, not dread. He wants to give you peace, not panic. And when it's God, it feels right and it will fit. It will fit. So how do we do this? How do we position ourselves so our signal strength is really at five bars? Can we do some things that make it easier for God to speak to us? And the answer for us is the same as it was for Samuel. Number one is you have to want to. I have to want to hear God. I have to want to hear what he wants to say. I want to have to hear what his, his words of advice would be. We need to be open to the possibility that God wants to say something to us. But what can stop us being open? What can stop us hearing? You see, we've already said, I mean, God wants to talk to us, so the problem has to be with me. There has to be a blockage or a dead spot in me. So why could this be? Maybe there's pride, the I don't need God argument. You know, this, I've got this sorted. I've got this situation sorted out. I've got it all figured out, so God can't get through that. God, it's like the signal is blocked. Maybe I'm frightened about what he's going to say. Maybe there's some fear in there. What if he tells me something I don't want to do? What if he tells me something I don't want to do? So we close our minds down. How about some bitterness might be there? How about where I've been hurt and I start saying, why have you allowed this to happen, God? Why have you let this thing come into my life? The truth is, I will have pain in my life. I will have hurt in my life. This isn't heaven. This is earth. And so I'm going to experience these things. But what I can do is shut myself down. And so God can't speak into anything at all because God... This stuff happens, doesn't it? And I start blaming God for things people have done. And that's a really harsh thing to say, I know, but it's true because I do it a lot. And I have to remind myself that actually God is God. And I want to open up to God. I want to hear what he's got to say. So I have to make a choice to put that to one side. The second thing is we need to make time to listen. We need to find a time when actually we can put ourselves in a place. I remember Leon saying about a chair he goes to sit in sometimes, you know, and has that place where he knows that's his time he can hear God. We need to find that place for ourselves. Is it sitting outside for you? Is it when you're walking, you know, across Clent? Is it sitting in your kitchen, you know, eating your bread? Whatever it is, there'll be a place for you where you find it easier to listen. The third thing is you need to get rid of distractions. What do I mean by distractions? You know, my mind gets crowded with loads of things, loads of things. Like God wants to speak to me, but he keeps getting the engaged signal. And how frustrating do I find it when I'm trying to ring somebody and they're continually engaged? And I think it must be the same for God sometimes. You see, worries can get in the way of God speaking to me. My mind can be crowded out with stuff like that. And the Greek word for worry means to be pulled in different directions. I wonder how many of you this morning feel a bit like that, that you're being pulled in so many different ways. Because when I'm worrying, I can't hear God. How about working? You may be working really hard, maybe loads of stuff filling up your schedule. You may have a really, really busy, busy work life. But who gets crowded out? God. How about if you're having fun? You know, God enables us to have pleasure. He, he wants us to have really good fun times. He wants us to enjoy our life. But when fun gets to number one in my life, guess who gets pushed out? Guess who gets pushed out? So I might skip the odd service. Or if I don't come to life group for a few weeks because I'm having fun, 
I'm enjoying myself. I'm doing something that seems a lot more attractive. But actually, what I'm doing, I'm cutting off an opportunity for God to speak to me. So what's your distraction this morning? They're three of mine. But have you noticed you don't have to work up to a distraction, do you? It takes no effort at all to be distracted. You know, it takes very little energy to get distractions going in our minds. But what distractions do is they end up choking the life out of me. And by choking the life out of me, it neglects my time with God. And then I wonder why God, I'm not hearing what he's saying about something. And the fourth thing is the really most important thing. We have to decide to do what God is saying. I find I hear God a lot better when I come with a mindset that says, God, I have this question I want to ask you, but whatever you say to me, will you help me work this through? Because I know what you've got to say is the most important voice I need to hear. So how good is your signal strength this morning? How many bars would you say you've got at hearing God? Are there dead spots for you? Are there bits where you're struggling to connect and hear? You know, if God was trying to get through to you this morning, would he be able to say to you, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And so we're going to do something this morning as a whole group activity. And we're going to give God an opportunity to speak to us. Remember what I said at the start? God can speak to everybody in this room at the same time, but in completely different ways and say something completely different. And we're going to give God that opportunity this morning. So what you want you to do is to put your pens and your papers down and I want you just to sit and close your eyes. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you something to think about. And the reason why I'm going to give you the something to think about is the fact that we're going to get rid of all those distractions, all those other things that might be crowding into your mind. And we're going to give God an opportunity to speak. So I want you to imagine a beach. It could be a beach you've been on. It could be a beach you've seen in a film when you think I'd love to go there. It could be somewhere where you've been with, with, as a family, but it's a beach. And then I want you to imagine what the weather is. Is it lovely, bright and blue skies and sunny? Is it a bit cloudy? Is it a bit drizzly or rainy? And then what's the sea doing? Is it lovely and calm? Is it bright blue? Can you see the sand beneath the water? Is it crashing in? Is it crashing onto the beach? Can you see the power of the waves coming in? And where are you? Put yourself in the picture. Are you sitting on the beach? Are you standing looking out over a promenade? I want you to see yourself in the picture. And then I want you to look to the right-hand side in your mind. And you see somebody walking across the beach. And it's a man. What's he wearing? And as he starts to get closer, you start to put some features in there. You see what he looks like. And you think he's going to walk past and he's not seen you. But actually he comes right to you. 
and he either sits down by you or he stands by you right next to you not uncomfortably close but just next to you and he's looking at the same view that you're looking at and then after what seems like an eternity you you look at him and at the same moment he looks straight at you and he says what does he say to you what does he say to you? He might be asking you a question. He might say something that reminds you of something. He might make a comment on the view that you're looking at. What does he say? And I want to suggest to you that if, if in your mind's picture that man has said something to you, I want to suggest to you that that's God. And I will encourage you that whatever has been said, that you continue that conversation through the week. And you keep that picture in your mind and the words that he said. Because that's God's voice for you. And if he said something really specific, then write it down. Go home and write it down and ponder on it and let God reveal more and more into what he wants to say. It will be completely different for all of you. And there isn't a right or a wrong answer. It's just whatever God has said. And we're gonna sing a song to finish with this morning that talks about giving God an invitation or even giving God permission to speak to us, to lead us, to take us a bit out of our comfort zone a little bit, to actually prompt us. Maybe we, as we sing, could be thinking about these cards and about maybe God has promised to say something to somebody or do something for somebody that's using our voice. But let's give God and the Holy Spirit permission this morning to say, as Samuel did, here I am. That's all we need to say, really. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. So let's stand and sing and give God another opportunity to actually have his voice be heard this morning.